Mining Your Business podcast. We are back from outer space. I just walked in to find you here with that sick look upon your face. Jakub, are you feeling okay? No, I have a cold, Patrick. I'm sure you will survive. Now we have a guest that isn't petrified about their process mining initiative. Jean-Marc Orio, Director of Process Mining at Mann Hummel, joins us on the podcast today to give us insight about how new process mining initiatives are assessed and implemented. Let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a third try at the recording of a new episode of Mining Your Business uh, with today's guest. Um, our podcast has been pretty much filtered out through our guest's VPN. I hope you got the pun because Mann and Hummel is in the business of making filter devices. Very I'm not good. mistaken. <laughs> um, after three solo episodes where we were talking about, uh, you know, accounts payable process and change management, uh, we thought that it uh, it's about time to actually bring another guest on the show. And um, we will be speaking today with uh, Jean Marquerie, uh, Director of Process Mining and Execution Management at Mann uh, and Hummel. Um, Jean-Marc, welcome to Mining Your Business Podcast. We are really excited to have you on the show. Thanks a lot for having me. I'm pretty much excited and happy to be here. <laughs> Again. Yeah. <laughs> Again. Again, exactly. <laughs> for the third time, I guess. No, second time, actually. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, technical difficulties sometimes happen. This is, uh, you know, we are living in digital age. We need to put up with it. But I'm still happy that we can do that. And actually, an interesting thing happened in between those two recordings, because uh, after the first uh, attempt on our recording, we met you together with Patrick on uh, Oktoberfest in Munich. So I would just like to say here again that it was uh, very nice to meeting you there. And uh, how did you enjoy this uh, famous Munich uh, festival of beer? Ah, it was nice. I mean, uh, there was not a big chance to have this in the last two and a half years. And that's why, uh, of course, I joined it to to also get to know, uh, know you on on that side. That was nice. So, uh, Jean-Marc, let's jump right into our topic today. Um, you know, we usually start asking our guests about their humble career beginnings. And with you, I have decided that we could do it actually the other way around. Um, you have been a director of process mining since uh, April 22. Uh, and uh, I was wondering, how did you end up in this position in the first place? That's a really good question. Sometimes I wonder myself. Um, <laughs> no, uh, you know, the story about my digitalization approach was starting more or less uh, in 2020. Um, I had the chance to relocate with my family to China in 2017. So I spent three years in China, but beginning of uh, January, well, it was actually end of January 2020. Uh, we stranded somewhere outside of Southeast Asia with my family because China was closing the borders. And after, of course, spending a couple of weeks in that region, we decided to come back. And this was more or less the starting point. So I was coming back to Mann and Hummel in Germany. Mm -hmm. And then I had the chance to take over supply chain digitalization. Uh, as I'm a supply chain or logistics guy since the beginning, that was, of course, a a big opportunity mm -hmm. to uh, learn all this stuff. And yeah, that was actually the starting point of my approach. I was part of one analytics initiative uh, where we created a very interesting platform. And and there was a second topic, what we started then. It was, um, we called it an innovation and ideation gem. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, the topic was there that we um asked all our, our 22,000 employees, what kind of ideas do you have for digitalization? What kind of projects are you running out there? 
And this was done in a very nice approach, 72 hours round the clock, uh, moderated from different teams in Asia and Europe and Americas. And it was very nice because he collected a lot of nice ideas. Um, I think 1,400 different projects and ideas wow. and um, stuff he would like to implement. And yeah, my big learning was, because I was responsible for the part linked to a supply chain and logistics, my learning was that um, you need to have a kind of a standardized process environment to get all these ideas somehow um, implemented in a business case. Uh, and then I had to learn that we have uh, more than 50 or 80 different goods in processes. And um, that was my learning why we are then went into a, a POC mm -hmm. together with process mining. So that was the starting point, uh, getting an understanding about the, the standardization level of our company. Mm -hmm. And then to to start a POC uh, with in that case uh, Salonis. So we moved into uh, the POC, <laughs> learned a lot about us <laughs> and Mann and Hummel, and uh, sometimes it was quite shocking. But um, <laughs> yeah, but this is as I learned with many many companies the same. Yeah, so um, everywhere you 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 maybe have a lack of standardization, and then yeah, I had the chance to basically convince our management to move into a bigger approach to run a global program now together with um, process mining and bring mm -hmm. this technology and the new tools like the execution management uh, to our group. So that was more or less uh, in a condensed way um, how I was ending up now in process mi mining and this is, again, a starting point, of course, to move forward for my personal career. A lot of questions here already. I see Patrick is eager yeah, to ask. I'm itching. <laughs> I'm itching. So um, the the role of global supply chain digitalization, right, is uh, what am I supposed to imagine here? Is it just uh, a matter of adding a BI tool or a process mining tool on top of what's already there? Or is it more also attaching or digitalizing some process in the supply chain that isn't attached anywhere or isn't connected to some system at all like what what are all the the responsibilities that this that this role entails it was even more a holistic approach because by doing these analytics projects we took the chance to also set up a global organization being able to run and implement these analytics so when we started, it was back in 2019, even when this project mm -hmm. started, um, we had no organization for doing analytics, or at least not in a structured way. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is something which was then growing with these use cases we implemented. We had a, a nice team sitting in Singapore, still sitting there. Um, today, we have even four locations doing digitalization stuff uh, around the globe. Um, and while doing this analytics platform, everyone was also, of course, learning how to manage these projects. So we, we, we learned how to run agile projects. We learned how to um, read SQL um, mm -hmm. coding, how to even, I was even doing some Python training just to get mm -hmm. an understanding on uh, if you talk to a, 
development guy or backend mm -hmm. guy, I mean, you need to understand a little bit the the, the wording, the the technology behind to to follow, because otherwise you are lost. And that's why I say these two years while going through these uh, projects was very interesting because that was also basically the base to then move into process mining because that's of course mm -hmm. very close linked together. Of course, the, the process mining technology is different, but basically you are still setting up a data pipeline you need to combine information mm -hmm. tables and joins and then of course you're getting all these insights i wish um, more uh, managers uh, were as eager as you uh, in learning those uh, things that are in the behind because <laughs> it would ease the discussions very often quite significantly however the question i have is uh, about that uh, big workshop uh, that uh, lasted for a couple of days and that uh, essentially all of the employees uh, attended as well and they were uh, basically asked to provide some feedback on the digitalization project. Um, how often was even this topic of uh, business processes and business process management uh, brought up and how did you even end up with selecting this one specifically? There was not the topic that end-to-end -to -end process management was popping up. It was mm -hmm. more that we had nice, interesting tools to put on top of the running processes. But uh, the problem was that by having not a standardized base within these processes, of course, then you have problems to connect to. So mm -hmm. what I want to say is if you realize that you are making a goods receipt maybe by 20 different uh Uh, transactions in SAP, then of course you have a problem, mm -hmm. yeah, and that's exactly the case. And um, and here I also know that many companies have the same problem. So I can tell that we have thousands of transactions mm -hmm. developed by Mann and Hummel, and this is the same with other companies in our size. Mm -hmm. So we are running, as you know, 4.2 billion sales. So there's oh, wow. a lot of power behind and IT uh, organization. Uh, but there are also a lot of um, specific developments in each and every country. And this is, of course, something we need to understand. Um, now, a question actually regarding uh, now you being in this position of a director of uh, process mining at Man uh, and Hummel. Um, you have uh, basically a background in logistics and uh, the general project management and supply chain and so on and so forth. Um, in my journey, I've been usually uh, dealing with with people that had that had the the, the back in uh, uh, finance or procurement, just because of the project that I usually worked on. Um, what I'm trying to ask here is: Do you think that having this um, logistics background and supply chain background, where everything is driven by processes, like significantly, because you know if you're paying late for invoices? you might not notice as clearly as when you're delivering your goods late or when you have some problems in your supply chain. Do you think that just this general understanding is maybe giving you personally um, some some edge uh, compared to, let's say, other uh, people by already having this process-focused mindset? Mm. Uh, I would say because I was, of course... I mean, a couple of years ago, I was doing SAP implementation. That was, of course, something what was very beneficial to understand processes. Um, and then doing supply chain in the different areas or being close to production and operations, this is helping you to get an understanding about end-to-end. -end. Of course, it's not helping you to understand AR or AP processes in the details, but at least you understand that there's 
uh, inventory or working capital in between, and that if you, of course, can manage somehow mm -hmm. um, lead times or you, you can reduce the lead times in your operations, then, of course, it's having an impact. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think, yes, coming from logistics and having this supply chain overall ah, holistic approach mm -hmm. is helping. Now, do you think that you were in logistics and now you are the director of process mining and execution management? Now you get to experience or, you know, see the other processes like order to cash and P2P and all these things in action. Is this a bit of a hurdle for you or how do you adjusting to this new role of general process mining SAR at Man and Homo? I mean, later on. Um, I think we will touch a little bit uh, how we are managing this project, mm -hmm. but uh, basically uh, I'm sitting together with the teams um, with, with a different stream. So we have a team mm -hmm. taking care for O2C, take a team for P2P. And then, of course, we are sitting together to understand the insights we are getting out of the dashboards or whatever use case we are talking about. And then, of course, we, we need to um in understand then the impact on the processes by the dashboard this is somehow linked of course to later on realizing some savings or doing mm -hmm. some changes mm -hmm. in the process mm. can i ask now that you're in this position it, this is a two-part question um what do you like the most about it and what stresses you out the most about it <laughs> um i like the most that i can learn a lot mm -hmm. yeah so as i said with the digitalization part um under or getting a better understanding of the field around digitalization and um, process excellence but also to understand how processes are really running in the background that's something which is very interesting i mean it's also tough to go through but um it's it's it helps you a lot to understand end-to-end -end the impact on what you are doing. Mm -hmm. What is stressing me a lot? Um, it's not really stress, I would say. It's uh, it's the positive thing that you need to adjust somehow your expectations to the different areas. Because mm -hmm. if you think about, uh, ah, let's say, an AP process, this is... I'm not saying simple, yeah, but uh, this is compared to an order management process with, I don't know, 25 different changes you can mm -hmm. put on the order. There's a, a huge complexity behind. And, mm -hmm. and and you need to understand, of course, what are the changes? What is the reason? What is the root cause? So there's a lot behind. And compared to that, there are sometimes simple use cases where you can easily, of course, get some values done. Yeah, so... um. It's a positive one. So adjusting to the different areas and understanding really what um, what is the content of a process and what is maybe also delivered already by Salonis, for example, mm -hmm. when it comes to standard apps. Uh, that actually brings me to a very interesting question. You mentioned the expectations. Uh, expectations is something that I think has to be handled from the very beginning with our customers and with anyone who's applying process mining because it ranges from, um, I don't even know what this technology does, all the way to, you know, process mining will solve all my problems. Um, what were your personal expectations going into the first uh, POC uh, back in 2020? And what were maybe expectations also from your colleagues, your, your employees, or your, your managers? I was starting 
with a POC journey, basically the, with the, the former approach of doing, of course, process mining. So meaning mm -hmm. data modeling, visualization, the process, and mm -hmm. then, of course, understanding how the process is running. So that was my starting point. That was also my expectation. Um, what I learned is, of course, there's a, a huge complexity behind. Yeah, So you have problems with the data quality. You have problems with timestamps across uh, uh, your systems. And that was something I was really not expecting. So the part where you put a lot into validation, this is something we just need, don't need to underestimate. It was a learning for me. Um, it's not that you take uh, it from the shelf, I would say. You know, you're not installing that app and then everything is fine. You still have to spend time uh, on validating the data. And that was maybe I was not expecting that we will mm -hmm. put so much effort into validation. But this is exactly what I said. It's depending on the process where you are starting off. Mm -hmm. Now, if you start with a P2P, maybe it's easier because mm -hmm. there, this is maybe introduced hundreds or thousands of times. But a good receipt process, this is a little bit more tricky. Uh -huh. yeah? Even yeah. if you think what can be tricky with a goods receipt, but it is. So that <laughs> yeah. I've, I've done one or two of those myself, and uh, I have my hats off to you for starting with the goods receipt one. Yeah, as no. I said, that was a, a big learning. I would never do it again. <laughs> okay, that was going to be my question. I mean, looking back out of um, uh, twofer, like how many processes and which type of processes have you implemented since? And if you were to go back and pick one to start with, which one do you think would be the most beneficial and has the biggest learning effect and that can prove the POC? Mm. I mean, we started beginning of this year with a project. Um, and since then, so since six months now, I think, yeah, we introduced um, order management and AR. Mm -hmm. We have purchasing with AP. We have warehouse management. Uh, we are now starting with production planning. So we have already a lot of wow. data models and That's a lot of dashboards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, I would not maybe not change the way of how we have done it so far, but I would maybe spend a little bit more time on the user story creation mm -hmm. and then to match it to the values. Um, mm -hmm. Why I'm saying this? Because... Um, Maybe I need to explain a little bit our MVP approach, so means minimal viable product. We we start really um, to say, okay, let's go for O2C. Let's spend five weeks of implementation resources. Mm -hmm. And let's really, be at the beginning, have a clear picture on the scoping and on the user story. So what is what do you really want to achieve with having a data model and a dashboard? And what are then the actions you are driving in the organization? Because without the action, there's no value you are creating. Uh -huh. Yeah. So that's why we, we said at the beginning, we will not start into an implementation without having not a clear picture on the value mm -hmm. you are maybe then later on creating. Um, this is sometimes quite difficult um, because <laughs> then you have to think about end-to-end -end process. What is yeah. the impact on the organization? What is the change? What is maybe also the assumption? So. When you think about rework, what is a rework rate today? Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. is maybe the change rate? What is whatever? Yeah. And, but this, this helps at least to focus on value creation mm -hmm. and not to create just 20 dashboards. And then you don't really know how to use these dashboards in the organization. 
We will definitely come back to that because it's also a big topic of our today's discussion. I have one more question actually before we get there though. And uh, that was, um, were you already coming with this mindset of we have to create a value of our first pilot? Uh, and was it basically maybe a condition to keep uh, going on the initiative? Because I see it also with other organizations that there is maybe a little pushback uh, at the time when the first uh, POC is ending or maybe the first implementation of the process. And, you know, suddenly uh, there is a lot of acceptance and a lot of realization that, well, this process mining journey will probably take a little more time and a little more effort. And what I'm trying to ask now is, how was it in uh, Man and Hummels, whether you guys were also uh, so dedicated that uh, regardless of how the first project will go, we will also jump on other processes or whether you maybe had some major success with the first one that everybody got more appetite for, for more processes? Yeah. I mean, that's why I said at the beginning, um, I would spend more time on really value creation and maybe understanding more mm -hmm. uh, the, the as-is situation because we do have some nice user stories mm -hmm. where you are just changing a little bit the process and then you are really creating already from day one some mm -hmm. savings. Yeah, so this is in the area of dispute management, for example, where, where we easily created some value. On the other mm -hmm. side, if you move into a process like order intake automation rate, yeah, having, for example, now 60 different locations managing globally order intake and a big GPTS means a, a shared service center. Um, and then, of course, it's creating a huge complexity when you want to drive change in the organization because then you... I said it at the beginning, we are doing 4.2 billion. If the 4.2 billion are running through a shared service center, then mm -hmm. it's easier to leverage uh, changes. But if the 4.2 million are running through 60 locations, then of course it's quite difficult because then you have to talk to 60 different organizations. Yeah. yeah so, and that's <laughs> something you need to keep in mind then when you, you, are thinking about the actions, you need to really then bring this change to the organization. And then you need to discuss a lot why we cannot automize. Why is that? Why is that? Yeah. And that's why um, with some use cases, it's easier than with others, I would say. Mm -hmm. And uh, now actually coming back to this um, MVP, this uh, minimal viable product where you're trying to really create a value from the day one. I really love this concept, I have to say, because in many implementations I've been part, this is usually the other way around. You go into the scoping workshops and you ask people, uh, where do you think or what part of the process you think you have the biggest pain points? What do you want to focus on? And you get the huge list of everything that's probably a problem in an organization and then you just go full in on implementation and only once you create these use cases and doesn't matter what kind of process it is you start asking questions okay so let's actually take a look let's x-ray it let's see what is behind that and is it really a problem and then it can happen oh wow it's either way worse than we thought it is or it's actually not <laughs> such a big problem let's take a look at something else mm -hmm. um my question is how do you go into this this mode, into the value framing, even before uh, you start implementing it or, you know, uh, agree on the implementation? And uh, yeah, let's start with this question. How do you even start with such an initiative? Yeah. So when we are going into an MVP, um, we are discussing in the, in the first week, of course, what 
could be the user story and what could be then the impact we are having in the organization. For example, uh, going into order management and change rate or rework rate, then we are estimating a starting point and then we are also estimating, okay, how many minutes are we maybe spending on each and every change? And then mm -hmm. you can easily create a formula to get an understanding if this is now a reasonable value or not. What is also a learning here, I would say, is that um, if you ask sometimes the business, then you get an answer which is often linked to a transactional problem. So mm -hmm. we are just looking into one piece of a process. And this is then sometimes driving you quite deep into the details. And then there's not really the business case anymore behind because you are just talking about a transactional step. Mm -hmm. The question, sometimes I have a feeling that we, we need to go two steps back and ask, okay, what is the basic idea of managing orders? Yeah, What is the business impact and the working capital you have now in the process? And then to re-ask the question again, saying, okay, how can we then have an impact on the process and maybe then the working capital or the costs? Because otherwise, you might go into transactional problems as I said, and then you think maybe in, in automation or whatever, but then you have maybe a, a value of 20K over the right. year, and this is not really worth to, to start with because we are looking for bigger numbers, of course. Now, um, I, I had a big question. So if you look at these estimates that you do with your team, you write your user stories, you kind of, like you said, guesstimate the value behind this, this strategic problem. Were there ever instances where you looked at specific problems and your estimation was right on the money? And also, on the, on the contrary, did you ever have a problem that was completely um, outside of what you thought would be true, either higher or lower? Yeah, it's and, both. And um, I'm, I'm assuming that that's the, that's the case. Can you, can you share a little bit? Yeah, we had, of course, both situations. We, we, we saw that uh, maybe uh, we have a, a huge number of rework or changes, and then we had to understand, okay, these changes, they occur, but you don't have really an impact. So mm -hmm. it means that the, the assumption we did at the beginning was valid in terms of changes, but not valid when it comes to do I have as an organization the impact on mm -hmm. these changes. Think about now material shortages around the globe. And this is something you, you will not change. You might mean you can try to save the situation somehow, <laughs> but uh, it's not really that you have here a big impact. Yeah. So in some cases, the, the use case is just dropping away. And in other cases, we had to learn, okay, there's a lot more behind. Mm. So it's in both directions. And this is valid. Huh? That's why we, we start with an MVP. We start maybe with two, three user stories, maybe if, with a fourth one. But then we just focus really on these three user stories and try to implement them within five to seven weeks. So why five to seven? For a standardized one like an O2C, we mm -hmm. said we spend five weeks. For maybe not so standardized one like a warehouse management process, we said, okay, let's put an additional second sprint of two weeks, um, making seven weeks in total. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, if you or to look at some activity that is fairly close to, close to the case that you're trying to analyze. If you're looking at P2P, you're looking at the PO item, and you can essentially look, okay, if it's made automatically, then you know it's like 40% automatically created. 
60% manual. If I want to get that to 80, I save so many manual costs, so much employee costs per year done. That's an easy formula. Do you also take into consideration um, far-reaching ripple effects of, um, you know, maybe making a process more efficient? Like if you make the purchasing process more efficient, that will have some sort of, you know, ripple effect further down the line, maybe to your order management or your production or things like that, right? They can have knock-on effects. Do you accurately quantify those problems as well? Or is that something that is a little bit too far? Nope. I mean, we linked our approach, of course, to our upcoming S4 HANA transformation. So this okay. is why we um, our strategy we defined last year was on one side to implement process mining to get some optimization done now yeah to to find uh, opportunities in the process but on the other side of course also um, supporting now the s4 transformation so we are doing since two years some analysis and workshops on these topics and we are now kicking it off uh, globally and Salonis or the platform will help us to, to create visibility in all these different processes. I mean, ha, we started 20 years ago with our own developments. Um, <laughs> and this will be a journey to get this somehow consolidated to a future stand, more standardized process environment. Yeah. And, and that will be a ripple effect. I'm quite sure that by doing this, we will help our um, process organization to move into a more standardized uh, environment. Mm -hmm. um, I still want to get back to the MVP concept. I have still a couple of more questions. Uh, the next one would, uh, would be, uh, who are the people who are uh, deciding or even creating these use cases? Is it you and your team or do the business users actually approach you and tell you, I want to implement this because I have this and that problem and now you quantify it for me. How does this process look like? At the beginning, it was, of course, me starting that discussion. So... Mm -hmm. I, I have somehow the role, of course, to also move through the organization and talk to all our leadership uh, colleagues to create additional MVPs and um, tell the story behind. Um, now it starts to move and move into a pull effect, means mm -hmm. now AP, for example, is now, oh no, AR is now starting to, to create user stories. Uh, we have now more than 20, I think, 25 user stories in AI environment. And this is exactly what I, I like, that um, this gets somehow in dynamic, mm -hmm. pulled by the business. And it's also important maybe to understand how we set it up the project. So, of course, I'm, I'm managing the overall program uh, of uh, process mining within the group, uh, but the different streams are managed and led by um, business um, colleagues. So we have very strong product or project managers uh, on the business side um, at the end deciding how we want to move through and what are the priorities. That's not on me. Um, of course, I'm looking for the overall topic mm -hmm. that we keep in mind that we want to create value and stuff like that. But basically, what, are, uh, what we are doing in the processes, this is... Uh, done by the business lead mm -hmm. and there i'm happy that we have very strong people in our organization <laughs> no because this is very helpful you need people who know the process who have a well standing in the organization having a good network not only in our headquarter but also to the different regions to asia to americas um 
because this is, of course, yeah. If you are connected well, you get these topics moved much, much faster through the organization. Yeah, understood. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we just had a podcast about uh, episode about resistance to change. And so I was wondering, how is this uh, adoption going at Man and Homo of, of these new processes and these dashboards that you're building and all these things? It, it, was adoption a bit slow or what, did somebody or did people just grab onto and say, this is amazing, this is the best thing since sliced bread? Like, um, <laughs> how did that um, adoption go? Mm, I would say, of course, when you first have, you see the, the what is process mining, what is the technology behind, what can I see? Everyone is really very much impressed. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, on the other side, um, you need to take actions to get the savings done. So it's not just the insight and then you, you create value. No, it's really that you need to change in the organization. And as I guess in many organizations, we have, of course, limited resources. We have priorities we have to manage. And um, that's why I'm totally happy how we are adapting at the moment. Um, but of course, you have to balance in somehow on the development side on, on the business side. It means it doesn't make sense that we uh, introduce more and more processes, but the organization cannot digest all these uh, data models and dashboards and stuff. Um, that's why I say this is something, uh, yeah, where I try, of course, to balance and to see how we are moving uh, forward for the organization. And yeah, I mean, we we had a very nice recording internally. We are doing an internal Man and Hummel Award, and we had uh, the chance to be nominated now. And yeah, and everyone was participating by uh, explaining a little bit the story behind why is it so helpful, why I like Salonis, why I like process money. <laughs> and this, yeah, this is... That's why I'm saying I'm, I'm happy with the adoption, um, how we are moving through. That's, that's great to hear. Yeah, and, and we are doing, of course, also a lot for training and yeah. communication. We have a, a kind of an internal Facebook where we are posting the progresses, the results, and the next steps and stuff like that. Yeah, and so. with every post, you get more and more likes and more and more shares. And the exactly. process mining <laughs> is going like a, like a snowball. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's the approach. Um, and um, yeah, so that's why I'm pretty much happy. Um, maybe a question regarding those uh, balancing out uh, between the business requirement and the technical availability, because this is obviously also a big topic. It takes time to, to, to uh, build up your uh, team of developers or also take some um, resources to, to outsource this eventually to implementation partners and so on and so forth. Um, the bottom line is that it's simply not as far. Sometimes development simply takes time. Um, do you have some recommendation on how to, uh, especially at the phase where you are getting distraction and you're getting a lot of ideas in on how you decide what gets in and what gets out and eventually also whether you go for something within like a process mining tool or maybe you say this is a use case for a BI and you don't really need a process mining tool for that? Mm-hmm. I think these are now two questions um for the bi tool um yes of course there we have different platforms we have power bi we we have our standard business warehouse uh sac system from sap and um now we have solonis and um we have a kind of a decision matrix to Mm -hmm. understand okay what what problem is solved in which tool in the best way um this is something I think um, we are 
quite fine. Of mm -hmm. course, there are sometimes areas where we are not 100% sure where to solve it. But basically, I'm saying whatever is linked to a process or process model, where you're mm -hmm. looking end to end into a process, that's then clearly linked to sell uh, owners. If you want to have very accurate data for your monthly reporting, uh, for finance and controlling, that then, then I would go for um, SAC with mm -hmm. um, a business warehouse, of course. Mm -hmm. when, what was the first question again, please? Um, the question was, how do you then uh, prioritize different use cases? What gets uh, developed first? If let's say that you have two use cases, both of them are process-focused, process-centric, how do you go back to a, a one that you say, okay, let's go with this one? I guess it's also some kind of a matrix of uh, complexity probably also yes. the value we we created a table with different um, criteria mm -hmm. to understand okay uh, what is the value we think we might um, get from the implementation what is the standard app and the maturity on the Salone side um, what is also our maturity within the organization how do we think the process is standardized on a high level or low level and that was, of course, something which helped us to understand how we should sort these processes down. Okay. And that actually brings me to, uh, let's say, a crossroad. Because you pick your use cases, you pick your MVPs, you implement them. And then you have, uh, I think, two separate roads that you need to take. First one being, uh, you know, acting on a finding. And second one is tracking, tracking what has been done. Um, let's start with the first one, which is this, uh, you know, you see what is happening in the process. You potentially see problems. You can actually put some numbers on them. Um, what is the role of you and your team? And like, where do you hand over to, to the business users? You said that you have a very good support in the process owners. What do they do if they find out a problem in the process? And how does this change management then is executed within Man and Hummels? Mm. Hmm. What we we said okay, with the starting with the MEP is of course that the business is always in the in the managing position of this stream, and this means that um, the project manager is also aligning the targets with the business. Of course, we are supporting; we are doing a lot of communication and networking to get an understanding on on the overall approach. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But basically, um, we are then handing over a so-called value tracking board. So means for each and every use case, we are creating a, a separate tracking board mm -hmm. where we measure the KPI and the impact on the organization. For example, order management and order intake rate, automatic intake rate. Mm -hmm. There we are measuring compared to a baseline what is now the change we have in the organization by of course acting on the different customer connections mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then you can measure the value and you can also measure if you are moving forward into the implementation or not so it means if you are successful to change of course your organization or if you are not and then you, you can really measure the value i mean there it's also it's a little bit more complex than it maybe sounds because you have different um, types of values. So you might have cost saving on material cost. You might have productivity increase because you are taking out um, workload in the organization. You might have a revenue increase because you reduce maybe the unearned cash discounts yeah, collected by the um, or taken by the customers. Um, so 
depending on the use case, then of course you, you implement different value types and different dashboards to measure at the end your impact. And this is what links back to the MVP and the value and the calculation because you need to have a clear picture on what you want to do afterwards mm-hmm. without the actions because then you you have your tracking dashboard to really see if these actions are taking place or not. Now, are these actions taking place by the business user or is there like a bigger change management involved in that? Um, and also, do you have some sort of targets that you set um, by management saying, okay, our order creation right now is 40%. By the end of the year, we need to get to 60%. Is that, yeah. are, are there some sort of um, hard targets that you're aiming for, some hard goals? Yeah. And, and do you see that on your tracking dashboard? Like, is are things going in the right direction? Maybe not. <laughs> yes, hopefully in the right direction. No, but with, what we are doing is, uh, after having the MVP developed, we are moving into the framing phase where we are then understanding the impact we want to achieve at the moment we are doing this on a quarterly impact so we are mm-hmm. saying um i don't know if you you have a gap of 10 percent, you might then split it 2.5 per quarter and that would be then the target we are bringing into the organization in alignment of course with the business so it's not that our project uh, leap c um, lean enterprise and advanced processes with salonis by the way um it's not that we are just setting the target. It's really in alignment with a business and to also question ourselves what is really possible. Yeah. Are we confident enough to get these savings done? And then, of course, there's a lot of discussion uh, in both directions. <laughs> uh, of course, yeah, because everyone is having a, a, a different gut feel. And, and as I said, it's all about the actions you are then taking into, in the organization. And, um, this is how we are then moving into these uh, um, approaches that we are saying, okay, we want to achieve this and that in the next four, four quarters. And we are then comparing it to the KPI we see in the value tracking board. Mm-hmm. When we get specific talking about the actions, um, are you, uh, you know, uh, just going one step back, maybe one of the biggest revelation for me while doing this podcast was a realization that uh, there is more to process mining than, or, than business process management than process mining itself. And we were already discussing uh, technologies and tools such as other BPM to, uh, tools, RPAs, but also this human factor as a whole and how much it impacts the whole process management. Um, so speaking about the actions, uh, do you have some general approach on how you start taking them to actually say, okay, so we put a value on something, we confirm that the value can be uh, reached because we have problems with this and that vendor, um, but you know we need the action, and you said it yourself, that without action it's just a number. Um, so do you have some formalized, generalized, um, uh, let's say, approach that you take as an organization to close this gap in the process? Yes, we do. We have a, a governance organization mm-hmm. um, per per wave uh, means, for example, O2C, and then we have uh, weekly alignments uh, on the O2C level, but also on each and every user story at the moment. So means uh, with the teams sitting, for example, in 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 a plant organization or mm-hmm. sitting in our shared service center, um, they are running through at least once a week 
line by line to understand really what is now the impact. Um, how many customers have we approached for automated auditing? Oh, wow. How many we can change? And this is really done on a weekly basis to be then consolidated, of course, also in a weekly one uh, to see how we are approaching. Yeah, so this is... I would say at the beginning, later on, we will bring this into a, a steer core on a process steer core, mm -hmm. um, where we then see, of course, the overall approach and savings we are creating. But that's what I said. It's really depending on the use case because in some, with the order management intake, ha, you have to approach hundreds of customers. <laughs> yeah. And this yeah. is, ah, this is a huge workload. Yeah. Instead yeah. of maybe having, smart thresholds for disputes and then it's easily done yeah so that's what i mean that's that's something we you need to understand where you really have the impact in the organization and to how many uh locations you have to talk to yeah so mm -hmm. we are now starting with warehouse management and yeah I, we have 60 locations out there uh this is a, a much higher complexity to talk all to these locations to make the trainings done to have the onboarding for all these users into Salonis to, to explain the navigation, to explain the use cases, why we are doing this, wow. how we can increase automation rate. And um, that's why it's really depending on the use case, actually. Now, I was going to ask, is there some, a lot of widespread support among, among like upper management about the adoption? Because I'm assuming all this arduous and really long task of just interviewing everybody and you know getting all the facts in and constantly doing the change and developing everything you know it's it comes at a price right so is there some sort of pressure to kind of get that money back in some sort of time frame and get those savings in to actually pay for all this the development and optimization and efficiency yeah yeah I mean, of course, there's a business case behind mm -hmm. uh, where we have to deliver some numbers in, in a certain time frame. Uh, but what you said at the beginning, it's also important that you have, of course, this uh, support from the top management. And that's exactly what's happening. And I think it's, it's just not possible without. Mm -hmm. So we are getting strong support here from our CEO and CFO mm -hmm. uh, to, to get this implementation done. And that's why we are, we can move so uh, with that speed forward into that implementation huh? so we as i said we did a, a couple of processes already in a very short term uh, time and um, this would not be possible without not having uh, this strong support and the good thing is when man hummel is deciding to do something then we are doing it and uh, that's yeah kind of uh, our how do you say mindset i would say yes mm, nice um, was it was it easy to get buy-in from from the sea level, or was this uh, a bit of a task? Ah, I mean, I started with a POC, and that was, of course, more <laughs> or less a, a kind of a submarine approach because um, there we need to find out what is really possible and how this is looking like, and of course, you need to spend some money. But if you want to scale it up to the group, then you have to have a, a, a kind of a strategy aligned across the leadership board, and that's was something which was of course evolving um in a couple of months to come really to that point to to say okay this is how we want to move forward because today i guess we cannot even think about a different approach yeah, yeah. when you think about managing processes in the future end to end how you want to manage end to end processes without having a digital approach to manage them 
And that's why I, in today I cannot really imagine to do it in a different way. We need mm -hmm. to have these digitalized tools to manage the processes and to manage the performance of these processes. That's why I, if you would ask me now, I, I, I don't know what I was thinking two years ago. Even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always have the same kind of realization, like how do you even steer your organization without having this process exactly. yeah, running yeah. in place? Yeah, Almost, exactly. A incredible. bunch of Excel files, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but that's it. Huh? That 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 is the way how to you manage it. You you have some KPIs in your processes, and that's how you think you can. Yeah. Uh, measure it. It's the same like when you are going into the plant and you you are doing some. You try to understand the processes. You are just getting a slice of a process or well, processes you have, and not the full picture. Not to mention that uh, probably only one person in the world uh, knows how the Excel file is actually calculating the numbers that you're seeing. But hey, at least we can steer the organization with that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And when that guy goes on vacation, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jean-Marc, it really sounds that you with uh, Manu Hummel are on an amazing trajectory and uh, hearing uh, this, these concepts that you use to drive the initiative is really, really incredible. And what I want to do now is actually for you to look a little back and then also into the future. Uh, while looking back, um, what are you most proud of with what you've so far achieved and it can be a very cool use case but it can also be uh, this overall uh, organizational setup because it sounds that you guys are doing pretty well yeah i think i would be or i would say proud about how we started with a project and how people have been supporting and also growing with that project i would say because um, a lot of People are starting now to, to think about end-to-end -end process management. And uh, this is something where I would say this is a, of a huge value for the group. Um, yeah. Yeah. And what would uh, Jean-Marc in five years uh, be proud of? <laughs> yeah, I think in five years we will... We will be somehow, when it comes to process management, a totally different company because we will then manage our processes really end-to-end -end in a digitized way. And I would not even say it's five years. I would, I would challenge our organization to do this maybe within the next two, um, because our target is already to have uh, next quarter, uh, quarter of one or two next year, already the major processes uh, in that platform. And then, of course, it's somehow of course, supporting the transition into S4 and across all the different units. And that's why I think this will be a huge positive change to get really an understanding about end-to-end -end processes. And there's such a complexity behind, but the simply way how to approach it with process mining, I think this is, I would even say it's kind of intuitive how mm -hmm. you approach and run through. And that's why I think everyone has can easily step into mm -hmm. Sounds very ambitious. I love it. <laughs> yeah, we are always ambitious. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Stay hungry. <laughs> uh, well, if I ever need an advocate for process mining, I'm sure I know uh, who to who to reach out to. Uh, well, uh, Jean-Marc, first of all, thank you for making the time for us for the second time within a week. I really, really appreciate it. I hope we get to meet probably on Celosphere or some other event in the future. Let's see about that. Uh, 
For the rest of you, dear listeners, thank you very much for listening. Um, if you have any questions, you can always reach out to us. We are very active on LinkedIn. Uh, we also have an email address at uh, miningyourbusinesspodcast at gmail.com. So feel free to ask us any question that you might have. Um, as usual, thank you for listening. If you like us, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or anywhere where you usually consume your podcasts, or even tell, uh, tell about us to your colleague, to your friends, maybe even to your family if they are interested in process mining, which, well, uh, hopefully <laughs> they might get some, uh, might get into a little later. Um, thank you guys very much for today's episode. And uh, Jean-Marc, best of luck on your future process mining, uh, process mining career. Thanks a lot and hope to see you soon, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.